Tigers go to Fenway Park and take two from the Red Sox on the same day for the first time since 1965. Spencer Turnbull gets his first big league win, and the Tigers move to 12-10 and 10 on the season. We'll talk about that, preview today's matchup, and answer a few more questions on today's Locked on Tigers podcast. It is Wednesday, April 24th, 2019, and I am your host, Chris Brown, and I feel like you've already downloaded this, but just in case, be sure to subscribe and download the Locked on Tigers podcast on the podcasting app of your choice, whether it's iTunes, Google Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, or Himalaya. And if you have one of those smart devices, go ahead and tell it to play podcast Locked on Tigers. So a couple of quick notes. Ron Gartenhire finally moved Josh Harrison out of the leadoff spot and put Jimmer Candelario there. Zach Reininger was called up to be the 26th man on the roster, which you can do for doubleheaders. And Blaine Hardy hit the injured list yesterday with a left forearm strain. And they brought up Jose Fernandez. So who is Jose Fernandez? He's a lefty reliever they claimed off waivers from Toronto last November. He's got pretty good size. He's like 6'3", 220, and he has a fastball in the 94 to 95 range. Got a, a low 80 slider and an upper 80s cutter, which he uses against right-handed hitters. He gave up seven runs in 10 innings last year for the Blue Jays, but he's an interesting arm, and he's really the only option for the second lefty out of the pen if Hardy goes down for a while. So anyway, the Tigers in game one, they're facing Chris Sale, and he wasn't exactly vintage Chris Sale, but he was still pretty nasty. Uh, He strikes out Jammer Candelario to start the game on 94 miles an hour up, so the velocity's back. And then Castellanos gets a nine-pitch at bat where he hits a deep fly ball to center field. It's actually a barrel. We talked about that yesterday. He's now 0 for 7 on barrels because it's caught. Uh, But then Cabrera walks, and Nico strikes out. No damage, but 23 pitches, and that's kind of the theme for Sale. So then Boyd steps up, and he walks Andrew Benintendi to lead off the game, which is never a good sign, although the pitches were incredibly close. Uh, But then Boyd gets a line out, and then a double play from J.D. Martinez, and gets out of the inning on just 10 pitches. Second inning for the Tigers. Dustin Peterson, of all people, gets a 10-pitch at-bat that ends in a single against Sale. But Sale gets the next three, but still, that one at bat got him to 21 pitches in that inning. So, you know, we're up to 44 after two innings. Second inning for Boyd, he uh, gets a hard grounder that Jamer makes a nice grab on. Then he gets a couple pop-outs. He needs only four pitches. So it's, it's like a tail of two pitchers in this game. Boyd's at 14 pitches. Sale has 44. So he had a third, and it's a 1-2-3 inning for Sale, but an eight-pitch strikeout from Castellanos makes him work a little bit, 15 pitches. And then Boyd runs into a little bit of trouble here in the third inning. He starts off with a, a four-pitch walk to their catcher, Christian Vasquez, who is among the worst hitters in the American League, so that's a big no-no. And then he gives up a double to Zue Lin, so they're men on second and third with nobody out. But then Boyd gets a weak grounder to third, so there's no run that comes in, and then he gets a weak tapper back to the mound where he makes a nice jumping play to grab the ball. And again, keeps a run from scoring. So it looks like he might get out of it, but then Mookie Betts hits a bit of a hanging curve for a two-run single, and the Red Sox go up 2 nothing. So we get to the fourth, and uh, Nico Goodrum with a one-out walk on a very close pitch, and then he steals second base. And then Peterson strikes out, but Ronnie Rodriguez doubles to deep left center field on an 0-2 pitch to make it 2-1 Boston. Harrison strikes out after that, but again, they're making sale work a bit. In the fourth inning, Steve Pierce reaches on catcher's interference, which is, you know, always an interesting play. You don't see that very often. But then Boyd gets a, a big eight-pitch ground into the double play from Michael Chavis, which was really well-turned by Ronnie Rodriguez and Josh Harrison. So he's through four innings at just 49 pitches. The fifth inning starts with a Grayson Griner home run, his second of the year. He barreled up a 92-mile-an-hour fastball. Hit it out 103 miles an hour, 389 feet over the monster, and now he's got an eight-game hitting streak, so that kind of crept up on us. Then you get Jacoby Jones with an 0-2 bloop single. Sale gets the next two out, but then Cabrera hits a, a hard double down the left field line, so those men on second and third with two outs. But Goodrum strikes out on a slider low and away. It probably wasn't a strike, but you know Chris Sale gets the call, and he was good. Five innings, four hits, two earned runs, two walks. 
10 strikeouts, 14 swings and misses, but 97 pitches. The Tigers did a great job to run up the pitch count and get them out of there. Boyd works around a Jamer Candelario error to get through the fifth on 61 pitches. And then with Chris Sale out and Heath Hembry in, Ronnie Rodriguez hits a one-out home run, a slider up and in, 100-mile-an-hour exit velocity, 392 feet. The Tigers are up 3-2. Josh Harrison comes back with a hard single, but he gets caught stealing because he's not very fast. So we head to the sixth, and Boyd gets the first two outs, but then he leaves a fastball up and in to Xander Bogarts, who hits it over the wall at 106 miles an hour, a 42-degree launch angle, which is the fourth highest for a Boston hitter since 2015. But Steve Pierce strikes out on three pitches, and Boyd is through six on 79 pitches. Seventh, Tigers go 1-2-3, but so do the Red Sox on eight pitches. So Boyd is through... Seven innings on just 88 pitches. So the eighth inning, Colton Brewer comes in. He walks Nico Goodrum. And then Ronnie Rodriguez gets a classic Fenway double. High off the wall. Similar balls with that exit velocity and launch angle have a 100 batting average. They're basically outs everywhere but Fenway. But then Josh Harrison with a big gap double to left center field for two runs. And Griner follows with an RBI single back up the middle to make it 6-3 before Jacoby Jones grounds into a double play. The eighth inning, uh, they bring in Daniel Stumpf. Probably the smart decision because Boyd was sitting down for a while, but I'm 100% sure that if the game were still tied at three, the Guardy would have sent Boyd back out there to get that important W. So, yeah, Boyd finishes with seven innings, three hits, three earned runs, two walks, just three strikeouts, but got 14 swings and misses, including 10 on the slider. That's a legitimate plus pitch for him. Just five of the 20 balls in play against him were hit at 95 miles an hour or above. He's he's good. It's, it's nice. So, anyway, Stump gives up a single to Rafael Devers, gets a called strikeout to Andrew Benintendi on a bad call. It's funny comparing that bad call to the favorable calls that Benintendi got in the first inning. But Gardenhire brings in Victor Alcantara to hopefully get a ground ball, and sure enough, he does it on one pitch. So they get out of the inning. Ninth inning, Jamer Candelaria leads off with a walk. Castellanos with a line single to center field, and Miggy with a bloop single to make it 7-3. And then Castellanos gets the third, and then Nico hits a hard line drive to the right field, and they send Castellanos for some reason, and J.D. Martinez just nails him at home plate. So there you go. So with a 7-3 lead, instead of bringing Shane Green in in the ninth, they bring in Drew Verhagen, and he gets J.D. Martinez striking out, but then he gives up a Fenway special home run to Xander Bogarts. It's a crazy pitch up and in that he hits 344 feet. Batted balls like this have a .090 average, so they're basically outs everywhere but Fenway, just like the Ronnie Rodriguez hit. But Verhagen bounces back, gets a ground out, and then finishes with a strikeout for a 7-4 win. Boyd moves to 2-1 to on the year, and the 6-8 through eight hitters, Ronnie Rodriguez, Josh Harrison, and Grayson Griner, combined to go 8-11 for 11 with three doubles, two homers, and six RBIs. And uh, one last note, after the ninth inning homer that Verhagen gave up, Jack Morris said it was no big deal, that it messes up your ERA, but, quote, you don't win games with ERA, you win them with grit. Uh, and we had a lot of fun with that on Twitter after posting that. And I'm generally not a Jack Morris fan as an announcer because he messes up names a lot. And he strangely can't seem to identify pitches very well. But I will say this. I, I've never worked a TV game, and I'm sure it's hard. And from talking and doing these podcasts, I know if you're talking to a microphone for long enough, you're going to say some really stupid things. You should hear all the stupid things I say that I'm fortunately able to cut out. So anyway, on to game two, where Candelario starts the game with a great at-bat, seven-pitch walk, but then promptly gets... Caught stealing. Not sure why he was running. So that's the third out on the bases of the day. And then Spencer Turnbull takes the mound, gets Andrew Benintendi down 0-2, and then hits him in the toe on the slider, and then he walks Mookie Betts to start the game. This was kind of a sign of things to come. But then he gets a tailor-made double play ball. Unfortunately, the Tigers can't turn it. They get the one out at second, but Ronnie Rodriguez bobbles the ball on the transfer. So it's first and third with one out. But then Turnbull comes back and gets a perfect ground ball double play from J.D. Martinez. 18 pitches, though. Tigers go 1-2-3 in the second inning, all striking out. Turnbull comes out, puts two men on with one out, but gets another double play. 18 more pitches, though. So Tigers don't do much in the third. And then the Red Sox come out, and Christian Vasquez gets a single. 
Jacoby Jones makes a nice sliding catch off of Benintendi. Turnbull issues a walk, but then gets a another kind of ground ball double play opportunity, but they can't turn it. And then he hits J.D. Martinez, so the bases are loaded with two outs, but he gets Bogarts to pop out. But really, Turnbull's been playing with fire for the first three innings. 59 pitches through three. And the fourth inning is when the Tigers finally get to Hector Velazquez. Jamer starts off with a weak line single to right field. Castellano strikes out, but then Cabrera singles off the wall, and Goodrum walks. So you got the bases loaded. They bring in Marcus Walden, and he promptly gives up a 3-1 double down the left field line to Brandon Dixon, who, guess what, is thrown out going to third. So that's the fourth out on the bases of the doubleheader. But the Tigers are up 3-0, so I guess you'll take that. Fourth inning for Turnbull is a much-needed quick inning. Gets a 1-2-3, only on nine pitches. And in the fifth inning, the Red Sox bring out Darwinson Hernandez, who we mentioned on the show with the question about the longest names in baseball. His name is 18 letters long, but he's one of the Red Sox top prospects, really nasty left-hander, who was probably a reliever in the long run. But, of course, he gives up a leadoff double to Josh Harrison, because why not? But no more damage done. Fifth inning, Turnbull's back out there. He gets a strikeout swing in the leadoff that inning. His first strikeout of the night kind of shows you what he was dealing with. But then he gives up a single and a walk. So two men on again, gets a ground out, and then he's facing J.D. Martinez and strikes him out on a 3-2 pitch. It was his 26th pitch of the inning, his 94th of the night. It was a really gutty effort from Turnbull. He basically got his way through five innings, giving up three hits, four walks. He hit two batters, only two strikeouts. But he got eight ground outs in one fly out, and he held Boston to 0 for 7 with runners in scoring position. He basically had nothing. He got nine swings and misses. He couldn't spring his breaking balls to save his life, and he could barely locate his fastballs. But the fastball was still nasty enough to get him through. So that was really impressive. So when the sixth inning comes around, Cabrera gets a one-out double, and then Dixon with a two-out double off the monster. He was very close to being thrown out again, this time at second. So man on second and third with two outs, but Ronnie Rodriguez strikes out. Sixth inning, Buck Farmer comes in, gives up a leadoff walk. Then a ground out and a pass ball get the runner to third with one out. But Farmer gets out of it with a strikeout, a walk, and a pop out. Seventh inning, Josh Harrison gets another single. And then John Hicks with a hard ground double off the part of the, the wall that juts out in left field. It's kind of interesting there in, uh, in Fenway. So there's men on second and third with nobody out, but the Taggers fail to get the runners in. And they wasted a lot of opportunities in this game, just 3 for 12 with runners in scoring position. Seventh inning, Joe Jimenez comes in. And we talked about he's been a little bit shaky. He gives up a leadoff single, gets a fly out, then another single. But he strikes out J.D. Martinez in a kind of fraught situation. But then he gives up a RBI bloop behind shortstop to kind of no man's land. Nothing he can really do about that. That makes it 3-1 Tigers. And Daniel Stump comes in to get a big strikeout to end the inning. And then the eighth inning for the Tigers, Brandon Dixon with another hard hit. Uh, but he pushes it and goes for two, and he gets thrown out again. So this is, it's ridiculous. He's got five hits in two games for the Tigers, but he's been thrown out on the bases three times. and nearly got thrown out a fourth time. But yeah, that was the only noteworthy thing for the Tigers in the eighth inning. And then eighth for the Red Sox, Victor Alcantara comes in. It's a little bit of rain out there, and he gives up a monster home run to Michael Chavis, a rookie, his first home run of his career. Hanging changeup goes 441 feet, just crushed. So now the Tigers are only up by one at 3-2. to two. And then Alcantara gets a ground out, and then a deep fly ball to right center field. I'm sure that gave a lot of Tigers fans Torrey Hunter flashbacks because it was right there by the bullpen. 103 miles an hour off the bat, 375 feet, but Castellanos catches it on the wall. So then... With two outs, in comes Jose Fernandez for his Tigers debut. How exciting. He throws one pitch. Benintendi gets a single to left field, and out he comes. And Gardenhire brings in Zach Reiniger, the 26th man, to face reigning MVP Mookie Betts. It's just madness, and he gets Betts to pop out somehow. I, I sometimes should just live and write. So, 3-2, Tigers head in there, their last ups. Ronnie Rodriguez leads off with a double, and then Harrison flies out, but John Hicks crushes a double to center field to make it 4-2, a huge insurance run. And then Jacoby Jones strikes out, and then Jammer Candelario hits a line single to right field, and they send John Hicks for some reason, and he gets nailed at home by Mookie Betts by about 10 feet. 
So if you're counting, that's five outs on the base pass in one doubleheader. So ninth inning comes out. Shane Green's out there. He strikes out Mitch Moreland on a nasty 3-2 backdoor cutter. Tough to lay off a pitch like that. Gives up a single to J.D. Martinez, but strikes out Bogarts on a vicious sinking two-seamer at 94 miles an hour. Just a nasty pitch. And he gets a ground out, and that's his 13th save and 13 tries. And the Tigers win. And yeah, this season is still going to be bad, but that was a really, really fun day of baseball. Spencer Turnbull gets his first MLB win. And again, it's the bottom of the order. Five through eight hitters go eight for 15 with five doubles in all four RBIs. And just to repeat... It's the first time they've swept a doubleheader in Boston since 1965. But speaking about things that haven't happened since 1965, let's talk about sex. Good sex. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in the bedroom. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants extra performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew was prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor's visit, no talking to a pharmacist, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com. And get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code MLB. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code MLB, to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. And it's been a minute, but we have another listener testimonial, and this one comes from someone named Trev. So, uh, Trev, how do you feel after you've taken Blue Chew? Pretty stiff. Oh, well, short to the point. I like it. So now just a quick preview of today's matchup. It's Tyson Ross against Eduardo Rodriguez, and Ross has very little in the way of history against the Red Sox. They're just 3-for-12 against him in his lifetime. Moreland with one hit, Steve Pierce with two. Interestingly, one of the Red Sox players Ross has faced is Tyler Thornburg, the pitcher. So that was back in 2013, so yeah, not much history here. The Tigers are going to hope from innings out of Ross, though, for sure, because the bullpen is, is obviously a bit taxed after the doubleheader, although the Red Sox are in the same predicament. And I would think we'd see Reed Garrett, because he was the one pitcher who didn't pitch yesterday, and probably Jose Fernandez again, since he only threw one pitch. After that, I don't know, Stump and Alcantara pitched in both games, but... Neither racked up a high pitch count. And then after that, Drew Verhagen, I guess. And then Jimenez and Green should probably be a lot. I don't know. Most of the bullpen will be there. I don't think we'll see Farmer. But if Ross gets into trouble early, uh, this one could get out of hand. The Tigers hitters will be facing Eduardo Rodriguez, a 26-year-old lefty who the Red Sox once acquired from Baltimore at the trade deadline for Andrew Miller. And the story goes that Dave Dombrowski actually had a trade for Andrew Miller to come to the Tigers, but the Orioles came over the top with Rodriguez to snatch him away. But uh, yeah, anyway, he seems like he's always poised to break out a little bit, but he's dealt with some nagging injuries and a little bit of inconsistency. He's uh, got a solid stuff, though. A fastball in the 92-94 range, a cutter in the upper 80s, and but his best pitch is a changeup that's also run you know, 87-88, same speed as the cutter. He, but basically, everything he throws is hard, but he'll occasionally break out a slider in the low 80s just to keep hitters off balance, but it's pretty rare. And the Tigers have seen him a few times, but not a whole lot of luck against him. Cabrera is 3-for-6. Jacoby Jones is randomly 3-for-4 with a double and a triple, but it's not that crazy because Jones kind of have a, has a history of struggling with fastballs and excelling against off-speed pitches. So Rodriguez is probably up there thinking he's given Jones his best pitch and Jones is licking his chops. Uh, and then Nick Castellanos is just 1-for-12 with six strikeouts, but that one hit was a home run, so maybe uh, maybe we'll see. Rodriguez had a rough start to the season, 11 earned runs in the first eight innings pitched. But he's been solid in his last two outings, five earned runs with 14 strikeouts and just one walk over 12 innings. Uh, so his ERA is 720, but he's pitched better than that. 
at least lately. So the Tigers could be in for a challenge, but then again, who knows? Maybe the bottom of the order will go bonkers again. So I got several questions today, but running over time here, so I'm going to just pick one, and it's the most appropriate one for today, and it's Jacob Law who asked me, what do players usually do between a day-night doubleheader? It seems like too short of a time to go back to a hotel room, but too much of a time to, to just be sitting around. Uh, yeah, and this is a great question, Jacob, because it's something that I don't think many people consider. It, it does kind of depend on where the hotel is. Some stadiums have the hotel basically right there. But yeah, it's kind of the worst amount of time. Like yesterday's game, the first one ended at 3.13, and game two started at 7.11, so it was a four-hour gap. But you've got to give yourself probably 45 minutes to get to the game, at least before the second one, and probably 45 minutes to leave after the first one, so then you're talking two and a half hours, and it's just it's just not ideal. But yeah, it really kind of varies based on the player and what, what the managerial staff thinks. There's always going to be a meal in between games, and they hook the players up, you know, a nice catered meal. Some guys will probably hit the shower, maybe some other guys figure, what's the point, I'm going to get out there and get dirty again. But, uh, you know, someone like Ronnie Rodriguez has family in the Boston area. He might go hang out with them for a little bit. Someone else might nap. You'll probably see a bunch of guys playing cards, maybe watching a movie, maybe even reading the occasional book. Uh, Some of the more dedicated players might be hitting the film room to look at what they did in the last game and see how they can improve or prepare for the next pitcher. But really, I think the most common thing you'll see these days is a whole lot of Fortnite. Boy, do baseball players love Fortnite. So, uh, and possibly some FIFA. You see that every now and then. But like I said, it's up to the managers and, and players, really. And some guys like to unwind between games. Other guys like to prepare. Although that preparation very rarely includes a second round of batting practice. They usually get the batting practice out of the way in before the first game. So I hope that answers the question, Jacob, and I appreciate you asking. And I appreciate everybody tuning in and listening after that fun doubleheader sweep. Uh, and we'll see if the Tigers can't take the series today. But whether they do or not, I'll be back tomorrow to break it down for you. And the breakdown won't be quite as long as today, but what are you going to do? It's a doubleheader. So thanks again for listening. I'll talk to you tomorrow.